Yeah. And now you know why I always have the Xbox two pairs. We're live. <laughs> we are live, are we? Yes. Excellent. Intro what is going on, everybody? I, well, okay, you know, Jez is streaming this, <laughs> so it's kind of weird for me. But what is going on, everybody? This is Randall Thor nineteen man with a million with uh, you today. Xbox two plus one. We have Jez Corden, managing editor. Say hi, Jez. Hello. Well, that was that was a weird hello. That was well, a very high pitched hello. Well, it's it's a weird it's a weird day to be podcasting on a Tuesday. So I thought I'd, I mean it is I'd change it, it up a bit. You know. Okay. Soon. Fair enough. Uh, but today we have our guest, the man of the hour, someone I've been looking forward to, to talking about, you know, Xbox and what they're doing forever. It was always the plan after the showcase to get this man on because he's the one you know, I, I, I look, uh, I look up to and I, I always value his opinions on things. The one and only Paris Lilly of Gamertag Radio and kind of funny X-Cast. What's going on, Paris? First off, I want to thank you for having me. Because I, too, have highly anticipated being able mm. to do this podcast. Because as you know, I, I am a troll in your chats yes, from time to time. Yes. And, and I have to admit, I, 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 was a little, I was a little butthurt for your last episode when I saw the all-star cast that you had. Mm. Because I was with a lot of these people in Los Angeles two weekends ago. And I have true. stories, too. So mm. I was a little sad. But then I thought, you know what? You get your own episode. Exactly. I get to. I get it all. I get both of you to myself. So thank you so much for having me. And please don't look up to me. You are someone that I highly value your opinion wow. because I love your videos. I love your takes. I love your no nonsense when it comes to a lot of the stuff in gaming. And it's highly appreciated. So thank you for having me. Well, that that means a lot to me. Do you like it when I uh, troll Jez about his love of Diablo and how all it is is just clicking everywhere? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So true. Oh, such a hipster take. from That is not a hipster take. That is the truth. It's a hipster take. Uh, Anyways, I figured, you know, the timing, we we have you for like an hour, hour and a half. We'll try to get as much out of you as you can. I know we're going to be talking about Xbox and all that stuff. But as you mentioned, you spent the weekend with a bunch of people from the community, like Cole Eastwood and Cognito and Clobril, as well as, uh, you know, rubbing elbows with with uh, gaming journalists and people at xbox how was the energy out there this year how, how was your experience at uh you know the, at those events i mean it was it was fantastic and this was the second year of of this format of you know keely doing summer game fest which he's expanded this year into a live show on thursday so that was great to kind of have that live in-person event the, that day and then there was the play day media stuff uh, on that friday and saturday and then obviously that was followed up with the xbox showcase and the starfield direct on sunday so it was just like this five day four or five day event of all of us in la kind of like e3 but not like e3 in the sense of it felt very relaxed i had so many just great conversations over those over those days with with people that some of them I met for the first time, but then some I had not seen since the pandemic, like since 2019, you know, so it was great to catch up with people. Um, Yeah, it it was fantastic. And, you know, the like I was joking around all the people that you had on the last episode being able to like that was my first time meeting Lord Lord Cognito in person. Right. So that was just great for him and I to 
get some time where one-on-one we were able to kind of talk and, and just catch up. And then obviously, even though I've talked to Jez a million times, this is my first time meeting Jez in person, which was great. Right. And as I've told you publicly and privately a few times, you were missed. I really wish mm-hmm. you would have been there because there were just so many great people there and it was drama free. It was, everybody was just happy to be there. And that that's the best part of it. We're all there to celebrate gaming and that's, that's why we do this, right? And to do it all in person was fantastic. I think. Yeah, you mentioned say- everybody on the show, but you didn't mention a, a certain Miles Dampier, though. So. Oh, <laughs> no one wants Miles. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you got your you got your little beef going out with Miles, you know. So yeah. I thought I'd bring that up. You know, and, and and as he even said, you know, like last week. I mean, it's all just pretend because I, I love Miles to death. We actually got to meet in person at the Game Awards last year, and you know, it was great. He's he's a great guy. You know, I've been on on a show a bunch of times, so. But that's the point, to be able to kind of have those fake rivalries and you you rid yeah. each other online and then to be able to meet in person and hug it out and just laugh and have a good time. That's that's why I love doing this, man. Yeah. Um, is there anybody that, like, I know you've been around doing this for quite some time. Your star's rising. Kind of funny, X-Cast, you guys just announced. You got freaking Todd Howard coming on tomorrow, I a, correct? I a, yes, I have a story about that, too, by the way. Ooh. But we could, we, could, we could circle back. Was this, I was, do you still get starstruck by people that you, you know, you followed for so long? Like you just see him like, like, oh my God, that's Todd Howard over there in that corner. Do I go up? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like even, even Phil Spencer as an example, which funny story with him, the first time I saw him that weekend was I was at play days and I'm doing whatever. I don't even know what I was doing. I was maybe on my phone or talking to someone and all of a sudden someone pushes me. And my immediate reaction was to turn around. What the hell? And I'm looking at was Phil, right? <laughs> but even even that, as much as I've talked to him over the years and stuff like that, I I I still get starstruck in that way of wow. Here's here's the CEO of Xbox, you know. But more to your exact point, which I'll just lead you right into my Todd Howard story. Yeah, one thousand percent. I was starstruck by by Todd Howard because. We're at this Xbox mixer, and that's, you know, Jez was there too. We're at this Xbox mixer, and everybody's there. Phil Spencer, Sarah Bond, Matt Booty, like, they're all there. Um, And Snowbike Mike and I, again, it was great. Him and I just had goofy adventures the whole time. This is great. I love Mike. But we're at at the mixer, and we decided to play this game of let's awkwardly take turns introducing ourselves to people. Right. So that's what we were doing <laughs> the whole night. And uh, it was getting towards the end. And we we're like, well, we got to enter ourselves to Todd. We got to talk to Todd. And he, Todd's about to leave. And I remember Mike had to run off and do something. And I could see Todd's about to leave. And I'm like, Mike, hurry up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And then finally, Mike comes over. So we go up to Todd. And before we could say anything, he's like, hey, Barris, you know, hey, Mike. He goes, you know, I, I really love XCast. And you know, and I requested, I want to come on your show. I'm wow. like, oh. I'm like, oh. what? <laughs> you know, like, like you want to come on our show? And that's honestly how this is happening tomorrow. He requested it. He wants to come on, which is just the craziest thing to me. But I mean, Todd Howard is someone I've highly respected in this industry for a very long time. I just think of some of my most memorable, memorable memories, if that's a, the right phrase, in gaming have been through some of his games. So to get this opportunity to sit down and talk to him for an extended period of time about Starfield, 
Yeah. I mean, just completely starstruck and just flattered that not only do you know who I am, but you want to talk to me. You want to come talk to us on XCast, which is crazy. Yeah, imagine like, hey, Todd Howard. He's like, I, I listen to you guys and I want to be on your show. I'd be like, uh, uh, I wouldn't be able yeah. to speak. I'd yeah. be like, oh my Nuts. God. But you know, who wants to come on Xbox too? It's just me and Jez, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you do you have your questions ready for tomorrow then for Todd? Do you have a, like, you know, for the, the Phil Spencer interview, like, uh, that that everybody loved. Uh, how you know? How much like prep work did you in advance for stuff like that? Like, you sit um, down I, and- I, I yeah, I always try to be prepared. Um, when I go into an interview, especially someone at that level, you want to make sure that you know you have specific things that you want to hit on. So, yeah, matter of fact, Mike and I just just went over this uh, about a couple hours ago over questions that you know we want to ask Todd. So that's why it's so funny right now. Now that we've announced it to the public and I'm seeing people with questions and I'm thinking, huh, eh, already asking that one. Yep, asking yeah. that one. But then there's a couple I'm like, huh, that might be a good one. You know, and you kind of add it to the list. And we'll see the flow of the conversation, how it goes, what gets in, because we're not going to be able to ask everything. I already Paris, know that. But Paris, Paris, yes. can, can I can I put in a request, please? Well, you don't like Halo, so I'm gonna yep. say no. Mm. Oh, I, wow. What are you talking about? I love Halo. No, you don't. I, I listen. You think you, see, you, you, you that, think I don't that, listen? That master chief guy <laughs> and the blue, the blue chick. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's incredible. It's such a great, great game that totally deserves all of its popularity. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, what's your request? Can you ask Todd if Starfield has fishing? Absolutely not. Ah. <laughs> I'm not doing that because Come you already on. know the answer. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the answer. <laughs> Skyrim. They put, doesn't fishing. They put yeah. fishing. They put, they put fishing in Skyrim after the fact. I, I, I'll t- I'll say this: a modder will do it for you. There, there you there's go. your answer. Brilliant. That's Brilliant. true. I need you know, to the, the, I need to know this because I want to make a space fishing boat. That'd be cool. No, guys. What? Well, what? Well, Allegedly, you will have the opportunity to do that. And like I said, I'm sure a modder at some point will make a a fishing planet and you can just fly there and fish until your heart is content. <sighs> you know what my question would be would have been because I'm actually curious about this because, you know, it's a game set in this huge universe. And one of the things that they haven't talked about and one of the things that is in our universe is black holes. Oh, so I was like, question. hey, Todd black holes in the game and if there are black holes in the game can you fly to them and if you do and you get caught in its gravity well can you get out of it or can you go through the singularity and what happens if you do do you end up in, a, in another game like fallout or something you know like <laughs> ran, hey, there ran, black holes that's in the game deep. you know that's ran, deep. Ran, ran, ran i'm not even kidding i don't know if you heard me i literally just typed that on my list Really? That's a that's a, that's a great question. It is. It Rand, is. Rand gets his stupid black hole question, but you won't ask about fishing. Because we already know the answer to that is no. Black hole. Like, imagine if it is. That's huge. That'd be amazing. Like, Hang on. Did, black, did you already black say holes are... no to fishing? There's no fishing, Jazz. Get off there, this whole yes. thing. Oh. There's no fishing. But black holes. There's a black hole at the center of the, the Milky Way galaxy, and if you can go everywhere, like. It'd be, I don't know. It'd be kind of weird if there weren't black holes in the game. That's all. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, so let's let's talk about the Xbox Showcase because you know you you interviewed Phil. Uh, I think it was what what was that? A few weeks before the showcase, and you had a about a, about a month. About yeah, a it was month, about a month. Yeah. yeah, you had a very specific you had a specific set of questions about like, hey, the showcase and 
are we going to see updates to any of these games from 2020, you know, studios? And Phil said we would. So how did you feel about the showcase? And did, uh, you know, was Phil's like, did he accurate, I guess, like his answer to you? Did you get everything that you wanted from the showcase in regards to the what some of the new studios were working on and some of the updates from 2020? Were you satisfied with that? I got 95, 90% of everything I wanted from that question I asked him and his response to it. Um, I personally think, and I'm just putting this on myself, this is the best Xbox showcase they've done in the last decade, if not ever, mm. because it was the production of it was exactly as a consumer what I care about the most. You kept the focus on the games. And, and the pacing of it was good. I never felt like we hit a, a really big dry spell. Like that two hours flew by. And then to obviously cap it off with that Starfield Direct, which that is the best long form game presentation I've ever seen. I agree. For sure. Um, so I thought it was I thought it was great. I don't I don't you couldn't ask for anything more right for what we got that sh- for, for what we got out of that showcase. And when I say 90 percent. There's two games that were not there that one of them has me very concerned. Which one? And Everwild. Mm, The fact that we got nothing about Everwild is concerning at this point because it's telling me there's some kind of reboot that's happening. And, you know, there's obviously been rumors and everything, but some kind of reboots happening, development hell, whatever the case, that they're still not ready to tell us what that game, because if you remember in that interview, I said it to Phil, I don't even know what it is. I have nobody no idea does. what this is. Yeah, nobody does. So that's concerning. Um, the other one, which is not as concerning because Matt Booty even followed it up afterwards, was Perfect Dark. The fact that we, we haven't seen anything on that yet, but he pretty much confirmed that's next year. We're going to see it. So I'm like, okay, fine. But the Everwild one is concerning and one that I'm not as concerned about, but it was interesting that we've still not seen it. And we obviously know there's been some issues going on with that studio is State of Decay 3. That'd be the other one, too. But Uh, overall, as a showcase, yeah, I am, too. But overall, as a showcase for what was presented, the games that we got to see, I thought they hit a home run. It was an A for me. Yeah, I mean, I I was sort of right at, right there with you. I'm kind of like B plus A minus, depending on my mood of the day. Uh, you know, I I didn't think we'd get a State of Decay three or Everwild, Perfect Dark. I I am kind of like with you with Everwild because it's, that was like the first game revealed. Yeah, uh, like 2019, even before Hellblade two, I believe it was 2019. It was like XO that yep, year. It was. And we had two trailers. We got two trailers of that game. One in 2019 and one in 2020. And then all of a sudden, it's like you start hearing rumors. I think the creative director left, and oh, it's going into a reboot. And I've I've even seen some like industry people, like Andy at VGC, and he seems to be really plugged in with some of the UK studios over there. Mm-hmm. Kind of talk like we won't see this game. It won't. It's it won't be coming out until like 2026, Oof. which is like oh, like which yeah, is, which means they've completely restarted from scratch. If that's the case, it's going to take yeah. that long. Didn't I know someone Jeff- say that I can't wasn't it Jeff Grubb or someone who said the game was taking cues from Viva Piñata or something? Mm, did I imagine I that? Maybe you did. I don't know. Did I don't someone know. leak that to me and I forgot about it? 
Did you just give out information on the show because you I, I, don't remember don't, where it came no, from? I, I'm sh- yeah, I don't know. I don't remember where that came from. I'm pretty sure that wasn't one of mine. I'm sure I read that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking crap. Maybe I dreamt it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you could be. Andy you are, Ro- you, sometimes Austin, you are. Austin proven in chat said Andy Robinson said it. Okay, I'm not crazy. Andy Robinson said it. I shared some DNA with Viva Pinata. But yeah, it does sound like he's further out. Regardless, I wonder. I wonder why. I wonder like what what DNA would share with Viva Pinata. I'm, I'm super Pokemon curious stuff. about Everwild. Uh, Perfect Dark. I I don't know. There's a, some games you just expect. Like I didn't think we'd get them all, but the fact that we got enough of them um, was kind of like, all right, that's cool. Like you, so you could do a show next year with Perfect Dark, and you could do something yep. with State of Decay. My thing was, where's Contraband? You know that, yeah. like you, you kind of judge the show. For, oh, I want the show, the show's own merits, not really what was there or you know what wasn't there. But I was kind of like, man, what happened to uh, what happened to um, yeah, what happened to Contraband? I was like, we got the logo reveal in 2021. I thought it'd be coming out sooner. I thought it'd be coming out at least next, you know, is either next year or whatever. Now it's like, well. Who knows when that game's coming out? That yeah. seems Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones as mm. well seemed like a an, a shoe in because the movie's coming out. So you would have thought, oh well, Indiana Jones is going to be there, but that wasn't the show as well. I think like the the there was some there are some questions about based on what is there and what isn't there. But I think Matt Booty said in an interview that they did have some stuff to show that didn't they decided not that i decided to wait so maybe some of these games they're just like well we'll wait till next year when they've got more lighting or better textures or something like that because you know maybe they want to avoid uh, another situation like with you know craig and the halo mm. infinite gameplay reveal where you know a lot of the assets aren't fully implemented and you you get these memes and nasty comments because one of the one of the negative uh, bits of discourse that came out after the showcase was um, Avowed's visuals. I don't know if you saw this, Paris. Oh, oh yeah, I did. Thoughts on it? My <laughs> thought on it is obviously in the moment seeing it, I go, "Oh, hmm, this this looks different." <laughs> as we're watching it, but I then quickly pivoted to going, "You know what? This is obsidian. This is just me thinking from a game, just the game standpoint. Am I still excited for it? Yeah, I'm still excited for this. I." It's Obsidian. I go, okay, it's not going to look like the way we thought it was with the initial reveal, but this is still going to be an Obsidian brand new RPG fully supported and backed by Microsoft. I want that. I've been wanting that for a very long time, so I'm still very excited for it. And look, I'm biased. I know some people at Obsidian, so there is a bias there, uh, obviously, but... I, I I still have high hopes for this. I still think it's going to be one 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 of the big games for them coming in 2024. And I think even Phil Spencer even just reiterated that in some interview. I think I just saw. But I mean, things change in game development. I'm that's one thing that I've I've learned over the years is it's not always the first time you see something, it's going to change. Like even Starfield, if you think about Starfield from when we saw it a year ago to now, it's had a visual upgrade. 100, percent you can tell. Yeah. But we've obviously seen now the news come out um, from from Obsidian that, yeah, that's not its final form. It's going to look it's going to improve by the time, you know, it comes out in 2024. So 
it's kind of a wait and see thing, but it's interesting what Jez said with, with Craig, because I do think that's also part of it where these game companies now need to be more hesitant about what they show us and when. And I think it's okay when you first announce the game, CGI trailer, who cares? You're just announcing it. But the next time I see it, there is some expectation of this is a representation of, of what I'm going to play. That's how I personally feel when, when you do that. So for a vow to be kind of in this middle ground of it's not in its true final form visually, but the game's coming out probably in the next 12 months, you need to show it because you need to get people to start talking about it. So there, there's always going to be a balance there, like even Fable. And I don't even know if you want to get into the whole nonsense sure. on Twitter about I that. Mean, it's your show. You can talk about whatever you uh, want. Well, well, I'll just say this because I, I, I think a lot of the discourse over her looks is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Who who cares? But I think even that from a visual standpoint, it was very eye-popping to me. I'm like, oh, this looks fantastic. But by the time we get Fable, it's probably going to look even better. Knock on wood, hopefully, hopefully. because this, yeah. is, this isn't Final Asset. So there's always a balance there with, with, with these shows, but I do think for all these game publishers, I want more quote unquote in engine game footage than CGI stuff, because I want to see what I'm going to play. I want to get an idea of what I'm going to play versus you giving me some snappy sizzle reel to get me excited about something. And then ultimately I'm disappointed because it's not going to live up to that. That's why I brought up perfect dark because I do want to see what what is Perfect Dark going to look like in Engine. We don't know. We've only seen a CGI trailer for it. So that's probably my only thing with that is I, I do want to see more of it. But to, again, to the point, it seems like they have a plan for that and and probably could have shown it this year if they wanted to, but they're holding it back. I think there's yeah. been some kind of... Re- I think there's been a re- regime change about how microsoft um shows reveals of games and then moves through towards the gameplay stuff because i think it was quite telling that um with clockwork revolution and also south of midnight they didn't do a cgi they went straight to in engine for these reveals Mm -hmm. i think it's because like people like myself and and others maybe you've said this in the past as well um we've criticized them for uh showing off really uh, big budget cgi that misrepresents the final product like i always i always talk about recore and how recore's cgi reveal made the game look really really triple a and impressive and then it comes out it's 30 dollars and it's you know it's barely even scraping a double a you know so um oh yeah yeah no i've absolutely given that feedback i've directly given that feedback of that's why i said okay cgi trailer to announce it fine but the next time i see it i I needed to look what I'm going to play because there's been a lot of smoke and mirrors throughout the years in this industry. And I think we, we have reached kind of that critical boiling point of people are tired of that. They don't want to see that. They want to know, especially the cost of games. Now, everything that you're investing, I need to know, I need to be able to make an educated decision on, on what I'm purchasing versus going on a leap of faith. And then ultimately I'm disappointed because it's not living up to what you sold me over the yeah. past three, four years or whatever. I do worry yeah. about State of Decay in that vein because the, the CGI looked very AAA. Do we know if State of Decay's uh, Undead Labs are capable of that kind of fidelity? I don't know. Which is why I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that South of Midnight and Clockwork Revolution, they just went straight to in-engine footage because, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah. I wonder I wonder if the reaction to Avowed would have been different if they did an engine first instead of because I, I feel like some of the discussion around Avowed is strictly because the CGI trailer looked a certain way. And the it looked very and dark. The, yeah, and then like the the next trailer was very bright and wasn't dark. Like people were expecting something in their head, right? Like, oh, I see this the skeletons and the arrows and look how dark mm-hmm. it is and look at the look at the how they cast the spells but then you actually get the, the not the final product but like your first look at what would be gameplay and it's bright and colorful instead of dark and you know dark fantasy and the the spells kind of are a little bit different and i wonder if xbox realizes that oh maybe cgi trailers aren't the way to go anymore you know because you, you set these expectations and maybe you can hit them and maybe you can't uh, so that was, that was, but I, I do have, um, I do have Andy Robinson's tweet here, uh, just for possibility, you know, just to talk about it because we mentioned it. He said about, um, Everwild on June 5th, last I heard it was a bit more Viva Pinata than the survival game. The earlier trailers hinted at the team there will knock it out of the park. I'm certain. Yeah. He so, definitely seems to have connected that, sources that's, that's in interesting. stuff. So and it, survival now to more of Viva Pinata thing. Oh God, God help me if it ends up being like a Pokemon where you got to like catch all the all the wild animals or something. Oh man, well, how, please, how was Viva Pinata? I never route. actually played it. I never played. You Viva never played Pinata. Viva Pinata. No, Paris, did you play Viva Pinata? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it like Pokemon? It, how does it work? God, how does Viva? You basically build a garden, and uh, animals will come visit. And mm-hmm. you basically will get like a two two versions of the animal, and you breed them, and that's essentially it. Like your whole thing is to try to get as many all the different types of the animals to come visit, but each animal has a certain re- set of requirements to come visit. Like, oh, we'll only come if you have snow toys and this other animal in your garden, and then if you do, they'll eventually show up. And the whole point of the so game is to try to get as many of them. More like Animal Crossing than kind of. I don't maybe? know. I, I've never played Animal Crossing, so I couldn't tell you. So it's it's. I guess it sounds more like Everwild's going towards more being like a cozy game rather than a something you know survival survival games to me usually sound like more brutal or intense maybe at times. But Viva Pinata sounds more like a chill Animal Crossing kind of experience. Yeah. Stardew Valley. I don't know. That sounds cool. Possibly. It'd be, it'd be, I mean, Xbox is putting together a really diverse lineup of genres. You know, you've got racing games, simulation games, narrative adventure games, strategy games, and now you've got the photorealistic action games that they've been criticized for not having. They've got shooters, they've got RPGs coming out of every orifice, you know, to not get too graphic with it, but <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on the horizon. There is. What was your favorite thing from the showcase, Paris? I'll take Starfield out of it because that seems yeah, like I'm not say, everybody's usually everyone like is doing that. Yeah, yeah don't count yeah. Starfield. Like, it's in the don't category count Starfield. Of its own. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Clockwork Revolution mm, would would, yeah. would be it because I mean, you know, we've had the speculation for the longest that what the hell is In Exile working on, and then to see that it's taking this steampunk Bioshock Infinite esque take with time manipulation at the same time and it and, and, and this is an rpg if, if i remember reading that correctly yes. so there are rpg elements in this as well sign me up <laughs> sign me yep. up i'm i'm definitely excited for it so yeah i, I thought it showed very well I, I did too is there anything that you thought could have been better 
You mean at the showcase yeah, in I general? Think, you know, because it's not perfect. Like we, we all agree, it's one of their best shows in quite some time. I think it's their best show since 2018. Some will say ever, but there's always room for improvements, right? Is there anything that you wish was, you know, maybe showcased better or wasn't at the show? Like, is you have any disappointments? Yeah. So, so let, let's have this conversation because okay. I'm going to preface it by saying I know why they're in the showcase. I know you're you you're already, on my you already, wavelength. You're on my you already wavelength. know. Yeah, I know why they're in the showcase. So I 100% get it. But do I? Did I really need to see Fallout 76, Elder Scrolls Online? in that showcase and even see a thieves to a certain extent. But with that expansion, I under, again, understand why it was in there. If, if there were low points, it was those. Um, but again, these are live service games that people don't necessarily talk a lot about, but if you look at the numbers on them, a lot of freaking people play them and yeah. they're, they're revenue generators. They make money. So, yeah, you're going to keep talking about them because you want to keep people updated on what's coming next for them. So I get it. But me personally, that doesn't I play Sea of Thieves, but I don't play Fallout 76. I don't play Elder Scrolls Online. So I'm eh, whatever. Talk about the show something else. That would be my personal preference. But I understand of the structure of a show and the important beats that you need to hit. You, you gosh darn right. They're going to be in there because they're the live service games that are consistently driving revenue. So yeah, you're going to show them. Makes sense. What do you think Sony's doing? <laughs> yeah, and Sony got criticized for it because they didn't yeah. they only showed two of them. I mean, that's yeah. why you're the best cuz you have the same thing as it's like we're selfish people, right? I'm selfish, everybody's selfish. I'm like I watch those trailers, I'm just like falling asleep. It's like please, like can we get we could have 9 minutes of something brand new. But I get it. The Sea of Thieves thing sure, Legend of Monkey Island, but I, I think Jez loved Jez loves live service games, so he's probably like put all the <laughs> all the live service games in there as as much as you can because I love them. Overwatch, I mean, Diablo, you know. Well, you know, I'm kind of I'm sort of hitting my limit, man. I'm like trying to juggle World of Warcraft and Diablo. It's like I just there's not enough hours in the day for all these service games, and I think a lot of other people have hit that limit way before I have, you know. But I. I will say though on the on the topic of Fallout seventy six and Elder Scrolls Online and and stuff like that, I do think, I mean, I I think I might have said the opposite opinion on the last Xbox two when we talked about this rand, but I do think actually now that maybe they should be put out to the side because I don't know if these games are still acquiring users, you know, and if you put mm. if you're putting them in the show. Like for the for the existing fan base, I don't know if you need to do that. I think like they they could have their own showing uh, another event, and the existing fan base who are engaged will come for that information. I don't know if those games are still acquiring new users. Maybe they are, and like maybe like these kind of events will lead some more users. But that Fallout seventy six trailer, it was like it was funny ish. But it was like, it didn't show anything about what was going to be in that content drop. That's not going to acquire any new users whatsoever. So that was just for the existing fan base. So I do agree that some of that stuff could probably be rethought. But I don't know. It kind of just is what it is at the end of the day. To me, it's kind of like, oh, Bethesda. You know, when they say Bethesda presents, you're getting all like happy. Like, yes, what are we going to see? What are we going to see? What are we going to see? And it's Fallout 76. You're like, oh, God. 
All right. <laughs> Bethesda presents again. All right. What is it? What is it? Indiana Jones, uh, Wolfenstein three. It's a new game. Uh, Elder Scrolls online. You're like, Oh God, <laughs> like, you know, like it just kind of just takes the wind out of everything. Like I get like Paris said, I get why it's there. You know, it makes a lot of money. Uh, it's one of the one of the things Xbox is known for, but it's just like as someone who doesn't care about that stuff, someone who's very selfish. I'm just like, uh, please, let, let's 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 do something else. I mean, I guess uh, Paris. For another question I have for you is, um, this one's about the extended showcase. So maybe we'll circle back to the regular showcase. You were part of it this year. Yes. How does how does something like that that work? Like one day you just get an email and they're like, hey, we want you to do something, but they don't tell you what, and then did you know what it was going to be before you went? Like, are you surprised when you get there, what they want you to do? How does that all? Uh, <laughs> so the way that works is yes, it is literally an email that, that I will get that will say, Hey, we want to talk to you. <laughs> okay. At this point, this is the third year that I've been doing this. So I'm like, Oh, got an idea what this might be. Mm. But there's NDAs that are signed. Obviously, I don't talk about in public the whole thing. Um, but it isn't until then that, you know, I'm basically agreeing to, you know, an embargo and NDA of it. Then we'll have that actual conversation about, all right, this is what we're going to do. Are you available on these dates? Yes, no. Obviously, I said yes. And then we go through the whole, I, I work with their their media company and we, we schedule everything out, travel plans and all that. So I had a general idea of what I was doing before I got on the plane. Um, I didn't know. I, pro I probably, I last year it was more vague than it was this year. I would say this year I probably was about 80%. I knew exactly what I was doing before I got on the plane. And then there's that 20% once you're there, like, oh, okay. So we're doing this too. Um, I've been lucky enough to be, to have some say so in the things that I say. You know, mm -hmm. as far as um, that's not something I would say, I would say this or whatever. I, I'll freelance some things, et cetera. So it's it's been cool. It's 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 been nuts going all the way back to 2021 when I had and this is during covid. I had no freaking clue. Wait, Expo, why do you want me to go to Seattle for a week and that whole process? And that was way more secret doing the actual hosting the extended showcase to where. I really didn't know anything until I'm standing on that stage reading off the teleprompter. Mm. I mean, that's how tight knit that was. Um, the stuff that I've done for flight sim has been, you know, a little easier because obviously it's just one segment in the show. But yeah, I'm just very, very thankful and lucky that I've been having these opportunities the past few years to be be involved in it. And it was pointed out to me, and then I was like, "Oh my God, you're right." I was the only outside of Keanu Reeves. I was the only non Xbox employee in that showcase, which is crazy mm. to think. That is, um, you know, the one year you you hosted it, I believe it was. Yeah. And you had the classic, uh, God, what was the line? What danger uh, zone? The danger zone with the glasses. Did mm -hmm. you was that, was that you or was that? No, for it you? was it was not. That was not my idea. Oh, so okay. and and I won't say who she is, but one of their executive producers and she is so awesome just so awesome she worked with she was the one that was working with me that first year on on everything in the segments and she had the idea for flight sim because it was the top gun maverick expansion they were doing right she goes we should get you some aviator glasses 
when you're on there, right? So, so, so part part of it is my idea, but but the glasses were her idea. So let me be clear: danger zone. That was me freelancing in the moment. Um, but the glasses were her idea, and I'll never forget. They had to run to Nordstrom's in downtown Seattle um, to go grab those glasses on the day that we we're filming. And got them to me like at the last minute to be able to do it. So now, ever since then, because I've every time they've announced something from Flight Sim since I've I've been the one because they did it at Gamescom that year in 2021, and then obviously the showcase last year, and then the showcase this year. So now they make sure that they have the glasses there. That's a that that is a standard prop. <laughs> That's a part of the showcase now to have those glasses. But yeah, it was her idea for me to wear the glasses and take them off. But it was me that was like one of the takes was like I'm in the danger zone or whatever I said. So yeah, it just went. From there. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I I, I I still see that gif all the time on Twitter. Yeah, like, you're, you're a gif now. Yeah, that was, it's just a surreal moment. And like I said, I'm very thankful that I got that opportunity to to do it. Um, and then Aaron did it last year. And then looks like now, you know, I mean, Tina's amazing. So, I mean, to get Tina, you know, internally to not only produce the show, but she was the one that was hosting it. I thought, I thought it turned out great for what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's where I would like them to move the, you know, live service stuff to the extended showcase but it's it's always cool to have the big show then like the the other show right after yeah you know it's interesting how things change because if we were having you on a month ago <laughs> you know it'd be doom and gloom right yeah yeah, yeah we'd be, we'd be talking about fall and like what happened with that right because even now when people talk about like avowed and they're like oh it's obsidian they'll nail it i'm just kind of like in the back of my head be like yeah, everybody said Arcane never misses too, and you know, like what happened with that game, and then the ABK stuff, like getting blocked. It was just kind of like one of the lower moments in Xbox. I, I think maybe like the best thing you can say about the showcase is it it it, it gave gamers like collective amnesia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's like everybody's <laughs> feeling so good about the future, uh, and they forget like what happened a month ago. I, for you, like their roadmap for you, Paris, twenty twenty four beyond. Um, how's when you look at that? Is 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 right now? We know Avowed and Hellblade two and Towerborn. Phil did say there's some other stuff set to be announced for twenty twenty four that they haven't done yet. Or like, how does the roadmap look for you? And how does the future of Xbox uh, play out in your mind? Is it, is so it, is I want. It, is it great? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to answer that, but I do want to circle back to something you just said. Going back to if this would have been a month ago, and then this just goes into the overall Phil Spencer interview that yeah. happened. So, Iron Phil Spencer, right? All that stuff that was yeah, happening. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. So, and this this is more speculation on my part, but I can say for certain that conversation to get Phil on actually started back in December. Really? With Xbox, we'd been working on it that long, oh my God. and and then when it came up that hey, we want you to get Phil on, and we're kind of looking at the timing of it internally, we were saying, oh, they must feel really good about this showcase that they mm -hmm. want to get Phil to to come on, and we had a whole plan of what we were going to talk about. It was going to be about to your point, the future of Xbox, the showcase. Um, I wanted to talk about some of the stuff that they've done with ID at Xbox and Game Camp, their Game Camp series that they've been doing around the globe now, like enabling creators and the diversity of it and all that stuff. That's what that conversation was supposed to be about. 
And then the Acti thing happened and the CMA thing happened and then obviously Redfall and we had to pivot. And I, I will say again, credit to Xbox for not canceling that interview because I was convinced it was getting kind of like, there's no way in hell <laughs> this feels coming on right now. I just thought there's no way. And they did it anyways. And we had talked to them before. They wanted an idea of what we we're going to talk about. We told them and they said, you can ask whatever you want. Mm. But so again, a credit to Phil credit, you know, to, to their whole PR team, all of that, that he was willing to come in and take that heat. Cause he knew it was coming. Cause he knew what we were going to ask. That, what, that was not a surprise that we we're going to talk about Redfall and all that stuff. So for him to a- answer the way that he did, and obviously he was not in the greatest of moods as, as yeah. you know, yes, um, which was surprising. It was very surprising in the moment. Um, but he answered it and he, ba- he did what a leader's supposed to do. He took, he took the hit for the, the entire company. Because that's ultimately what it is. That That's what happened there. He took the hit for things that maybe he was aware of, maybe he wasn't aware of. We'll never know the true story about all of this. But he came in and put all the responsibility on himself, which is what a leader should do. But now to get into your answering your question, I think part of it, like there, there was a weird silver lining in all of that. Because, yeah, they freaking missed with Redfall. I will go to my grave saying that game should have never seen the light of day in 2023. Oh, you, you, and, you and Jazz agree on that, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Even if even there was not a, an improvement in it, if it came out, let's just say, in March of 2024, as is, that would have been way better than it coming out in May of 2023. Because... It isn't about necessarily the game itself. It's about the brand of Xbox. That did damage to the brand, in my opinion, because it was the first salvo into next-gen only from your first-party studios, and you're charging me $70 for that. Not a good look. Anyways, we've talked about that to To death death, at this point. Um, But to your point about the future of it, I think part of it, why they still wanted to do it, and again, this is speculation, is they knew what they had in that that showcase they knew what they had with starfield so they're like yeah people are people are mad now and you know we'll take the heat for it we're not ducking the questions we're we're, we're standing on the front line but you just wait in a month y'all are gonna forget all about this that's my speculation on it and that's exactly what happened because there's so much goodwill that came out of that showcase and then let's just to keep it 100 honest here when you look at some of the other showcases that were shown previous to mm-hmm. that this it made this one look even better right it's true and they know and they know going into the whole point about the future of xbox starfield has the opportunity and we will not know until we play it let's be clear but starfield has the opportunity to be a generation defining game it is crazy to me that as much tears of the kingdom that i've played and I go, it is a wrap. That is game of the year. This is Elden Ring all over again. There's no competition. Get, just hand it to them now. That I walked out of that direct going, wait, maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe there is some competition here. Um, and I think that as we look ahead for Xbox, if Starfield lands the way that we we're starting to think it will, look, I, I, I don't know if Jez, if you did this too, but I did the behind closed door thing for Forza Motorsport at the thing too. Forza is going to be phenomenal too. That's again, it's going to be another nine out of 10 from turn 10. That's just what they do. Um, and then you look ahead into 2024 with avowed and you look at potentially into 2025 with um, 
Clockwork Revolution and Fable, Fable. Yeah. and we know Perfect Dark's on the horizon. You know, we know certain affinities doing some stuff with Halo, so that can kind of have a rebirth potentially. You start to look at the portfolio of games, um, you know, South of Midnight. There's stuff coming. And 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 Aaron Greenberg told me this specifically that like before the showcase, he goes, yeah, everything that we're showing, we're targeting in within the next 18 months. So what we saw is the next 18 months. I, I have no complaints. If that's what we're getting in the next 18 months, I can't go. Xbox has no games. Where are the games? Why aren't you showing us? Well, if if they're giving me that, I'm fine. I would push back on that. I doubt Fable okay. is coming in the next 18 months. Well, I, I, I have I, severe I, doubts on that. Well, hey, I, I'm in the Fable. You ain't seen it to 2026 camp and people yelled at me. So I'm with you yeah. on that. But I'm yeah. just going by what he's saying. No, no. I, mean, if, I, yeah. I guess it's maybe possible. It's like, all right. We're sure Hellblade Avowed and Towerborn can hit 2024, right? Mm-hmm. So we put the dates on it, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like uh, Fable, Clockwork Revolution. What else did they, uh, South of Midnight? Maybe yeah. they're kind of in that realm of, oh, it might possibly, but m- maybe not, right? It'd be incredible. If they could get out all those games in 2024, the next 18 months, whoo, you're talking about like, you know, people say that we've been waiting a long time for games. And, you know, last year was bad, but 2021 was great. Uh, 2019 wasn't so hot. But that would definitely start to, you know, change people's opinions on Xbox. Oh, 100%. 100%. Right? I mean, it, it yeah. really comes down to this, what what Matt Booty, and, you know, and Phil's talked about this. Matt Booty's talked about it, but they even re- reiterated it on the Giant Bomb couch of getting to that cadence where they got a, a release every quarter. And it looks like they're getting close to that. 2024 looks like it could potentially start to get very close to that. Let's just pretend we're in pretend time. Let's just say Fable is the holiday 2025 or yeah, holiday 2025. So that would be. Yeah, let's say that's holiday 2025. Let's say Perfect Dark is coming in there somewhere. You got the clockwork revolution. We know Hellblade avowed this year it's starting to add up that if they spread these things out strategically that they could hit every quarter, they really could, you know? So they got enough damn studios. Let's put it that way. So at at some point, and and if you notice, Phil is just giddy about whatever it is working on. Oh, I know. I saw that. He was like, like, so I, I mean, cause that's what I mean. That's just what we saw. And then just think about all these other studios that they didn't talk about. That's working on. Think about the partnerships that they, they're doing with. Um, oh, I because IO Interactive is working on something too, well, allegedly, right? Well, that's well, Jez. Well, oh, <laughs> wow. About there's that. a little bit of like maybe, maybe not type thing. I don't know. Right. right. Yeah. Pro- that was Project Dragon, right, Jez? Yeah. Project, Project Dragon. Fantasy now or whatever. We, yeah. They changed the code name, I think. But um, the it's. I thought this was an Xbox exclusive, but it could have just been an Xbox pitch. However, the same format of document was also a Project Belfry, which we now know is Towerborn. So it's like, could it be exclusive? You know, might, maybe it's not exclusive. Maybe it was just a pitch and Microsoft said no. Or maybe it is uh, exclusive or whatever. No platforms have been announced yet. So maybe they just, you know, wanted to get it out there for hiring purposes or something. I don't know. But I suppose there's a big question mark over that, and I guess we'll wait and see. Well, let me let me ask you this, Jez. Has any of your code names not come to fruition so far? I mean, 
Mm. Yeah, you know, like like Project Belfry, Project Typhoon, Project Cobalt, whatever um, uh, our history untold from... was. That was I forget the name of that that, that one. Was Oxide, wasn't it? Well, isn't Oxide Games making it? Was it? It wasn't Project Oxide. I think it was Ox- I think it was Project Oxide actually. Funnily enough, oh, okay. or maybe Microsoft called it Project Oxide just because Oxide Games were working out. I don't know, but um, I'm still waiting to see Chinook Project Chinook mm. revealed. Um, that was not our our history untold. Um, I can't remember the code name of that, but yeah, Chinook's the only one that I've got left. Um, I guess. There was also there was also some other code names which I'm not sure about. Some of one of which I think might be the new Xbox Series S, the the uh, the black one with the one terabyte. Oh yeah, <laughs> in, in Infinity DOK says Indus. Indus was our uh, history untold. I remember. So, I mean, all of them have basically come to fruition. I mean, I love IO Interactive, so I would love for them to make an Xbox game. You know, yeah. I think it would be really cool for them. Um, well, speaking about leaks, Paris, uh, how do you feel about leaks in general? I'm not a fan. I, I am not, a, not fan. a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan. And, and this is Me why. <laughs> it's so, so funny when we were just talking about this. I'm not a fan because I like to be surprised. Mm, okay. And, and I, I will never forget being in line at E3. I guess that was 2011 waiting to go into the Galen center and halo four leaked. Mm. I, did, I did not need to, I did not need to know that. You that know wasn't what I mean? Me. So, no, I know it wasn't you, but but my point is, there's certain things that let me find it out in the moment. Like the fact that nothing from that this showcase leaked that I saw, anyways, was great. Like I even go back to Hi-Fi Rush, that got spoiled for me right before that direct. I knew, I knew, knew it was coming. And I mean, I'm not going to go on Twitter and say it, but. I like to be surprised. Some stuff I find out about, like I'm sure, Jez, you know a ton of stuff, Rain. You get you get to know a ton of things. Some things I know, but I'm not going to go say it publicly because I would rather people be surprised by it because I think it's, think it's freaking cool, you know, to get those surprises. So the less leaks, like I'm of the mentality when, when, when I think about games journalism, games media, when there's an actual story that needs to be told about conditions at a studio, right? Or or the inside scoop potentially on what happened with Redfall, like where Schreier just did. Things like that, of course, talk about them. that. That's news. That, that needs to be reported. But if you found out that, I'll just take it back in time, that Fallout 4 is a thing and is about, they're about to announce it, don't tell me. I don't I don't need to know. Why, why are you telling me? Let me, let me find Yeah, that was like right before E3 that year. That was Kotaku. It was like, and I think that was Jason Schreier, but um, may not have been. But uh, that was like right before E3. You couldn't just wait to let it be announced? I don't know. But that's just me personally. That's me as a fan of gaming and loving these things to come out of nowhere, where, you know, not everything is expected. I 100% agree with you. I completely agree. I don't like being spoiled. But, you know, for me, it's a case of it's the job, you know. I, I get it. Oh, trust me. I understand why it happened. It's just he asked the question, yeah, so I'm yeah, just saying yeah. it. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah. I, yeah, it is what it is. Well, we in that regards, we have a question uh, from Lee T. Sanders. What's the best surprise at a show you guys ever had? I Like, my brain immediately went to backwards compatibility. Yeah, that was a big, that was a big surprise. I had no idea that was coming, and... <laughs> For, to know my 
all my games from because i went digital quite early as soon as they started doing digital for xbox 360 i switched immediately i i don't know why i think i just it was just a case of oh wow i don't need to get my ass out of bed to put the disc in anymore that's great um but then i was like oh wow now all my games are carrying forward with me for probably forever like to the xbox one to the xbox series and then whatever comes next that was a huge deal for me personally and but i don't know if you guys have a different one maybe oh i do I, I do i have one that comes immediately to mind the first game awards i ever went to 2019 and they show that series x i was mm. like wait what <laughs> like i could not believe that that yeah. they announced it there and at that moment that they announced the new console i thought that was that was a great surprise love that that was that i mean that's probably the most recent one and i predicted that too the day before i remember i still remember the day before i was, I was like you predicted i didn't know it was there, there were some weird things so specific well nobody would tell me if there's like a, a new console was coming there was this clues xbox was dropping along the way and i thought it was odd the way they were acting i'm like i wouldn't be surprised if they revealed the new xbox tomorrow and I remember, like, you were like, no, they're not going to do that. I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's some th- weird things going on with Greenberg. They changed the the header of their YouTube channel to, like, all their systems. I'm like, there's some weird stuff going on. Mm. Like, oh, Jason Ronald's going to be there, and he's tweeting, don't miss the beginning of the show. I was like, there, there's something going on, right? And, and yeah, they pulled it out, and it was like, oh, wow. Like, this, that was a huge shocker, right? Mm. And Jeff, Jeff kind of even undersold it a little bit, you know? Um, with you know, yeah, that 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 then with with Hellblade two, which yeah, I don't know, I, I know you listen to the show, but my biggest disappointment for the showcase was the lack of Hell, Hellblade combat. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I was like, come on, please, I want to see it. <laughs> you know it's what I mean? A, like, it, it's funny with that one, where in the moment when it when it first came in, I mean, I was completely fine with it, but kind of hearing some of the feedback, like what you're saying. I'm like, you know, maybe, yeah, that that's kind of valid that at this juncture of you showing Hellblade, is this the third time? The third time yeah, you've I've seen Hellblade. Yeah. You want to see a little more exposition into, into the overall game versus something that basically could have been ripped straight out of the first game. I think that that's the problem with this. It's not showing you something that you didn't already get from the 2017 game. Um I would imagine whenever Hellblade 2 is coming out, there'll be a direct before it and yeah. they'll really deep dive into it more so people get a good idea. So in that sense, I almost feel like this was this this was just them announcing you that you're getting it next year versus them trying to give you additional information on it. If that makes yeah. sense. How are you feeling about the developer directs? Is that something Xbox should basically do for everything moving forward <laughs> again when i talk about giving direct feedback i i did have the opportunity at at a certain point last year that i'm not i'm not taking credit for the directs at all that's not what i'm saying but i am saying that you guys need to communicate more you're not communicating enough i don't know enough about your games you need to do something where you're doing a deeper dive into your games i i, I for sure had that feedback that that i gave and to see that and again, I'm not taking credit, not saying it was me. They were probably already rethinking it. But to see them now evolve going from doing what was inside Xbox, because my whole thing was communicate throughout the year. I don't think you're communicating throughout the year. I think you're dumping everything into June 
half of it's forgotten because you only remember the one more thing. Like I even said last year's showcase, there's only two things people remember, 12 months of Kojima. That's it. No one remembers anything else about that showcase, right? Whereas if you piecemeal that information out over the year, I think some of your smaller games, some of the things that would get lost in the shuffle can get a spotlight on them. So that seems to be what these directs are about. I would imagine we get another one this year for something. I would, I would think. You think so? Hey, you think they, we're going to get one this year? They just announced one, actually. The I mean, the, the idea, the idea, Xbox, yeah, the idea at Xbox. Uh, but I'm just thinking yeah, something like, like I think, I think Forza could, you know, Forza's done a decent job with their monthly stuff on Twitch, but maybe there's a Forza Direct, like oh, right before could. launch, you know. Yeah, they could. As an example, like I just mentioned, Hellblade for sure, Avowed for sure. So I, I, I'm starting to think that'll be the cadence before some of their big releases come out. Knock on wood, every quarter they can do a direct for it, so we get a deeper dive into it. I, I, I personally think what they just did with Starfield, and not that every direct is going to be at the level of Starfield, has set a precedent that I, I, I want to see more, more of that. Right. I want to see them dive deeper into some of their games and you hear it directly from the people making the games. And again, I'm not expecting 40 minutes every time on one game. Right. Because obviously Todd Todd Howard's great at doing that stuff. But similar to kind of how they did Minecraft Legends and Redfall, where we hear directly from those studios, there's a high production value behind it. And we're seeing actual gameplay and features of what these games are going to do, because I think that goes a long way convincing someone that was on the fence to go, yep, I'm, I'm going to subscribe to Game Pass or I'm going to go spend the 70 bucks to go get it or someone that was completely out. Like, and you guys tell me, I, I feel like the perception of Starfield went from, eh, I don't know, we'll see to, oh my God, game of the year. People that weren't even considering that game are now, the you know, the, the, the collector's editions is selling out. Everybody's buying that controller. Like it's, it went from, a, I don't know, to probably be one of the biggest selling games of the year. I mean, you're talking, I mean, that's me almost. It, it wasn't like, I don't know. It was more like, I'm going to play it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it, but you know, there's other games. I'm, I'm, I'm like Alan Wake Two, Spider Man Two, right? There's some other fall games that I would put on the list ahead of it. Like it was always there in the contention because I was just like, yeah, I don't really care for Fallout, but I'm a sci-fi nut, so I want to play it. Right. Bro, that direct, I was just like, this is incredible. Like, what? Look at everything they're doing. Yeah. And they haven't even shown us anything. Like they haven't shown us every everything. I should say. I was like, look at the difference between last year where like it looked like this and the gunplay was kind of like, ah, I mean, it's serviceable. To this year, it was like, oh, did it make the gunplay? Uh, what happened in, in, in yeah. the year? Like to the point where I'm like, this, if they nail this, because it, it almost seems too good to be true, right? You know, it's like, it, but if they deliver on all their promises, yeah, you're talking about game of the generation potentially for Xbox. Uh, you know, uh, maybe Todd Howard's magnum opus type thing, like a little something from every one of their games. Uh, you know, the the beginning of Xbox's true, like next gen, like the first domino to fall. Here's St Starfield. And then it lays into each domino afterwards to get people really invested and finally taking a look at what Xbox is, is doing and what they will do and what they are doing. Uh, it, like it's, it's so important. And 
you're right. Like the direct, just like I've seen, I've watched so many reaction videos to the direct and to see people like go in there with healthy skepticism, like, ah, it's Todd, you know, don't believe Todd's lies. Right. They, that whole <laughs> meme. And, and like, by the end, they're like, that looks absolutely mind blowing and incredible. And for, yeah. you know, like, I mean, the, the seriously, fact, it's... The, the fact everyone when you when you ask people like everyone when you ask them what was your game in the show they always say well putting Starfield to one side because it's it's almost like it, it's in a category it's because it's becoming a category of its own you know like the the kind of like if the, if there's like an S tier rank of of games that are desirable desirability in games you've got stuff like you know your, your Zelda's and your and your Elder Scrolls is and and your God of Wars and I guess now you've got your Starfield and I kind of feel like Xbox has lacked an answer to that S tier level desirability desirable games since Halo kind of fell off. Am I am I wrong? Mm. Like I mean the the stuff like Forza of course, but again it's the whole racing it's a racing game kind of thing, right? Is there been anything as desirable from yeah. Xbox before start since Halo for no and no there there hasn't been and 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 i've i've said this multiple times over the past few months what is the last new ip that came from xbox game studios that basically became a hit that you were excited about and i'm talking about spinoffs like forza horizon or anything like that like a brand new ip that came from xbox game studios i can tell you it was gears of war in 2006 mm. That was a long time. I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, go through the list. Think about it. Over the years that they've had, everything has been either been a sequel. It's not that they've had bad games over the years, but it's either been a sequel or the new IPs that they've attempted. They've not caught on and become huge hits. I know people might throw out Ori or things yes. like that. Ori's look. I love Ori. Best but game Ori, from Xbox last generation. But Ori's not going to make you go run out and buy an Xbox, and that's how that's how I measure it. Like. You hear people have been saying the past two weeks, oh man, I got to get an Xbox or oh man, I, I got to make sure my PC is upgraded because I got to play that. People, this, this, it's so funny going back to the Phil thing and what he said about the 11 out of 10. Well, maybe this is the 11 out of 10, Phil, because we'll see if, if you're right or wrong on that one. But a, a, a couple other things out of this, because I'm, I'm, I'm curious to get you, I'm curious to get your take. I think I've heard it somewhat, but I do want to reiterate it since I'm talking to you guys. So first thing, story time. It was so funny to see how confident people at Xbox and more specifically Bethesda were before that showcase that I got a chance to talk to, um, you know, PR people, et cetera, about that direct is like they knew. And it was so funny at that mixer, Pete Hines and I were walking in together to that Xbox mixer. And he even said to me, he goes, I have to find you after the showcase because I got to know what you think. And sure enough, he legitimately did. And we we had that conversation, which, but that just shows you how confident they were uh, about it. And it showed to everything, you know, that we we're just talking about. But one thing, since I'm here, I would love to have the conversation with you guys about is 30 frames per second oh, on Starfield. Yeah. 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 Rand, because, Rand, because, Rand, sorry, go on. Oh, no, no. I just want to say this because I'm debating if if I want to bring it up to Todd Howard. I don't know yet. I haven't made up my mind yet if I do. So look, people on that aren't on Patreon, you listen to this, you'll know if I did. 
But uh, I don't know if I want to bring it up because I feel that he answered the reason why, and I get it, but I do think there's a second component to this. Why not provide a performance mode for Starfield so that people that don't care about the additional fidelity could make their own choice? I think there's a more technical reason as to why. I think there's a time and resource component to this. I think some of the other things that are happening, like object, you know, Digital Foundry broke this down too. I think from an object standpoint, there's other things in the game other than visual fidelity, which is why even a performance mode isn't necessarily the route they want to go on on console. Um, It's almost, and this is my personal opinion, and I know some people will get grumpy at me for saying this. I heard, and first of all, it was good that Todd Howard said it, not Phil Spencer. If Phil Spencer said it, the reception would not have been as well received, in my personal opinion. I think I, agree. I think coming from the person who is making the game, telling you, I'm making this decision to say, hey, it's 30 frames for X, Y, and Z. I may not like it, but I can understand it and respect it, and you move on. So this is my personal opinion on the 30 frames. Sure, it's the quote-unquote, world's most powerful console, all the marketing they sold us on these consoles back in 2020 was saying 60 frames. Look, we get it. This Look, this happens every cycle, right? Okay, so not every game is going to be 60 frames. Let's just accept that and move on. My whole thing is this. A lot of the, quote-unquote, upset people and pandering that I've seen, and I'm just going to say it, grifting that I've seen online Ooh, about, okay. oh, you you know what I'm talking about. I know. But, but that I've seen online about this, everyone that's doing that, are you, you're going to play the game. You're going to play it. At, <laughs> at a certain point, it is okay. Like, I'm voicing my opinion that I wish it was 60, because I do. But do you really think I'm not going to go play that game? Of course I am. Now, I'm probably going to look, I know I'm going to play it on PC, but there will be times that I'm going to play it on the Series X at 30 frames. It is just something that at least they never promised me 60. And I think that's the big differentiator between Redfall. You told me it was 60 and then you waited to the last minute and said it wasn't. So I think that criticism is very valid. Or at least this one, you have the guy making the game telling you before pre-orders were live, it's 30. So now at least you get to make an educated decision on if you still want to play it or not. And maybe there will be people that say, nope, I'm not playing it because of that. And that's fine. But they told you. And I think that's okay. So I think this whole narrative of, oh my God, blah, 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 I just, I just, it's talk. It's just talk because there's no way on September 1st or September 6th, you're not playing this game. You are, you're going to go play it <laughs> because this is doing, again, if, if Todd Howard, if this team at Bethesda is doing everything that we saw in that direct, it's doing stuff that we've not truly seen in any other game of this scope. We've just not. So why wouldn't you play it? Of course you're going to go play it. So Again, I think it's a bunch of nonsense with the 30 frames. You you accept it for what it is and you move on because at least you know ahead of time and they didn't wait until the last minute and try to pull the wool over your eyes. Now, could there be a performance mode or something down the road? Maybe, maybe not. But I think at the end of the day, your experience right now, they're telling you it's 30. And if that is not acceptable to you, you have two choices. Go build a PC or don't play it. That's it. There's only two choices. I completely agree, and it's it's kind of it's a it's a funny it's a funny conversation for me, Paris, because our buddy Rand 
said he wasn't going to play Redfall until it hit 60 frames per second. Do you remember that, Ram? <laughs> well, you forced me to play it, and I haven't played it since, though. So. <laughs> you played, you, it, you, played you it for the footage. Me, the you, 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 you put it in the Patreon poll for gameplay, and it won, <laughs> and you wouldn't capture the footage, which then fell to me to capture the footage. Oh, so no. I had to play the game when I said I wasn't going to. And well, so it's the, well, well, you should thank me. Because now I've I've freed you of your arbitrary restrictions on playing thirty frames per second game. Because now you can be like, "Hey, I played thirty frames per second game once. It's okay." But no. like, at least I'm consistent, Rand. Am I not consistent on the on the filmic train? I can't even sure. remember. I can't even remember where, sure. what started the filmic train. But like, I I'm the the thing about Starfield is. It's not even like it's not even a resolution thing. It's 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 like a it's a floating point thing, you know. There's so there's so many so many objects and so many connective tissues between the the game's different systems. I think that's where the CPU overheads going. And I think like um you know, when Paris talks about the scope and the fact that we haven't seen anything like this before, people often say things like, "Oh, well no man's skies." 60 frames a second it's like yeah but it looks like a pixar game it looks like a lego game and you, and, the, and even 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 then it doesn't have the same kind of interactivity and the, the the physics on all the all the objects and you know the persistency the of a creation engine game there's just nothing like creation engine games there's nothing like it and ta- like you know paris said they they explained why and they said we're going to sacrifice some fidelity for that and the fact that they've been upfront about it and the messaging was there it kind of calls into question, like, why did Microsoft not know what was going on with Redfall at all? You know, but clearly, I, mean, the I, thing I is, think like they've answered some of these questions and pivoted. I've enjoyed 30, 30 frames games this gen. Gotham Knights, I really enjoyed. Plague's Tale, even though that was 40 with a performance mode on VRR, right? Loved it. I didn't want to play Redfall because they were showing it at 60, and then they said, oh, by the way, 60 mode is coming. So I'm like, all right, I'll wait for that. Starfield, it's like, it's 30. It's always going to be 30. So it's either you, like Paris said, it's either you build yourself a PC to play it at, at 60, or you play it at 30. And, you know, I'm not happy that I'm going to play it at 30, because I feel games play better at 60, but I'm not not playing Starfield. So, like, yeah, I'll, I'll play it at 30. But, like, a lot of discussion around the frame rate as Paris alluded to, without really saying what it is, I'll say what it is. It's 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 a bunch of console war stuff. Yeah. It's it's Xbox fans touting the power of the Xbox f- f- originally and being like sixty is going to be this, and now having to backtrack because Starfield is thirty, right? But it's also PlayStation guys who are like, all of our exclusives are sixty, and you can't so and your games are thirty. So there's all that because none PlayStation guys wouldn't be talking if Spider-Man Two was going to be thirty frames because they'd be in the same boat. And then there wouldn't be this chirping about, hey, the frame rate of of this particular game, um, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I mean it, that's a good... it, it, they wouldn't be saying it either if it was multi-platform because Starfield would obviously be thirty on PlayStation Five True. as well. If it was multi-platform, yeah, nobody. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing with exclusives; they always get the bigger. Uh, focus and spotlight on them and the the, the bigger you know, like attention and stuff so you you are right on that 100 percent. so i don't know i don't know that's a good thing do you bring it up to todd do you bring it up in a different way do you just completely 
just not even mention it um other you know other uh, do you have like other uh, more amazing questions that are you know yeah. you'd want to get to rather than retreading the 30 fps stuff which you already mentioned yeah, and, that, and, and, and i think that's and i think that's yeah, fishing <laughs> but i think that's the thing there's way more important things that i would rather talk about than that i i would imagine if it does come up it would be because he said something that has prompted it from a technical standpoint yeah. Other than that, I don't think, hey, Todd, I know you already answered this with Ryan, but um, the internet wants to know about three. I'm not doing that. There's no way. Like, hey, that. why isn't there a custom Xbox Series X? That's more pertinent than 30 frames at this point, right? Wouldn't and the then, Starfield console that look like the controller and the headset look, wouldn't that just like look really nice? Yeah, you know? it, it, it would. It would. I'm, and it, it's funny. And wait, Jez, did, did you go to that What's Next for Gaming thing where it was Phil and Sarah and Matt and, and yeah, all that? Yeah, 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 did, okay. yeah. Okay. It was interesting. Like he, or did he talk about it in the show? I can't remember where he talked about it, but where he mentioned basically they figured out some of the supply constraints, you know, so yes. you are going to get more consoles on shelves. Because I would imagine this is why you've only seen custom series S's and not an and not an X. I think the Halo is the only one they've done that they've mass produced. But you would think at this point, man, if there's ever going to be a time for them to do a custom series X, it would be Starfield. Because, like you said, the perfect companion piece to go with that that uh, that controller and and the headset. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe there just simply wasn't enough. Because they have to do this way way in advance to yeah, have enough supply advance. and all that. So maybe at that point, the supply issues hadn't been fixed. That'd be my only guess with that. I mean, even when you think about it, there's a good chance Starfield is the biggest Xbox game this entire generation, period. Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. Right? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what else could he... Like, Fable? I think Fable's going to be huge, but I'm not sure it'll be Starfield huge. Yeah. Right? And then Elder Scrolls... Yeah, Elder Scrolls for sure, but... I think Elder Scrolls is a next generation game. <laughs> Thank right? you. I think that's on the next console, essentially. Thank you. Andrew, Renee, and I have been going back and forth with this forever. I was like, there is no way you are seeing Elder Scrolls 6 in the Xbox Series X generation. You're I mean, just it'll not. Probably be back. It'll probably support X, Xbox yeah. Series X, but it is, it'll be launching after the Series X, Series yeah. X 2, whatever they want to call it. So Starfield is probably the biggest game of the whole generation for Xbox. So it's kind of like, yeah, you probably, yeah, it would be nice. But uh, we do have some some questions for you, Paris. Sure, Jess. sure. Yes, we do. Um, and I completely forgot. Thanks, Rand, for Oh, my, my God. How do you? I, d- dude. I, well, I, I got the page up. I'll ask. No, okay. I, got, I got the page up. Let me do it. Let me earn my keep. So right. we got <laughs> uh, we got uh, a bunch of questions here. That, that, there's not that many, but. Um, these are from our lovely patrons and thanks to everyone at patreon who supports us we couldn't do what we do as as effectively as we do without your continued love and support and this i like pers- how you used effectively which you're not effective whatsoever but <laughs> wow <laughs> wow okay well well rand can uh, operate more effectively than with all uh-huh. the, with all of his youtube millions but anyway yeah i wish um Mythic Marty says, awesome to see Paris on the show. Been listening to him since back in 2014 on Gamertag Radio with Danny and Pete. Just, oh, this isn't actually a question. It's just a, it's just a nice compliment. Yeah, it was a very nice compliment yeah. towards you. You should read uh, the rest of it, though. Uh, just wanted to say congrats on all the success you've had over the years of content creation. Always appreciate your perspective and opinions on video games in the industry. And yes, car can't cook. Have mm. a good show, gents. 
Um, well, well, thank you. <laughs> next up, we've got Mikey Rivers, who says, Paris, where did you learn those Academy Award acting skills? Did you, did you go to acting This sounds like a dig. This doesn't sound like <laughs> I genius. Don't know, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Have you been to acting school? That's the problem. Yeah, I didn't learn any acting skills because my acting's terrible, but that's part of the fun is it's bad acting. (laughs) It's all Uh, the podcasting you've done, right? Gamertag Radio and X-Pass. You just refine it over the course of time. Yes. I mean, it's it's like when when you have to pull with people like Rand, you know, acting skills come in, comes in handy, you know, so you you can contain the pain and misery. Um, the scarecrow one to one says good day paris i was very happy to see you become the new host of x class across both gamers Hag radio and x class how do you set the lines for how you talk with guests like phil and others we all know you like to dive into a question and get to a core answer but when it comes to respecting the guests and trying to get a straight answer is this something you do by feeling their response or do you have your own i'm happy with the answer line that you don't cross to not upset pr more specifically not accept jeff rubenstein Cheers for the years of content, and finally glad to hear you on with Rand and Jez from the Scarecrow One to One. So, like, well, when you, that, that, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say that's actually a great follow up to what we were just talking about with me going back and forth on this Todd Howard question because I always the, the first and foremost you want to be respect respectful to to the guest that's coming on, right? And I'm never I never want to put the guest in a uncomfortable position of a quote unquote gotcha moment. Now, if you take it to what we just did with Phil Spencer, there were questions that there were questions that we had to ask. We needed to ask those questions, whether, you know, it was going to put him in a grumpy mood or not. But we needed to ask those questions. So you just try and do it as respectfully as as you possibly can. You don't want to be rude to them. So like when I even I'm going back and forth this Todd Howard one, my main thing is I don't want to waste time. I, I, I keep waffling would that question just be a waste of time? Because all he's going to do is reiterate what he's already said to Ryan McCaffrey. So I don't want to waste his time. We know we have him for a, a certain amount of time. There's other things that I feel would be more important to ask. And I, I, I can, my spidey sense is already tingling where I can hear me not asking it. And then you're going to see replies, which it doesn't matter, but you're going to see replies. Well, you, why didn't you ask about a performance? Well, God, we want to know that. But you know what? Because we didn't ask that, he answered three other things that were way more important than that. That's how I kind of look at it. Right. So Mm. as I was saying, if it naturally comes up in a conversation, okay, then you ask it, but I'm not going to force it. I, I, that's kind of where I'm landing as, as I'm talking through this in real time, I'm not going (laughs) to force it. If it just naturally happens to ask a question like that, I will. But at the end of the day, you just want to be respectful about it. That's all. Yeah, for sure. I I really struggle with interviews. Like I I, I don't know what to ask because I really think about that stuff. Like, what if I upset people? But I also want to ask questions that create compelling content. You know, it's it's such a hard balance to make. And you know, I guess it's something that just comes with time and stuff. Um, yeah. Our next question comes from James Wezo. Wezo? Wezo? Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, mate. Uh, first off, love to see you on Paris. You are you three are hands down some of the best in the biz. Thank you very much. My question, my question for Paris is, now that we see Xbox First Party start to live with a strong end of year and a stacked slate in 2024 and beyond, is this enough to start moving the needle in the Xbox console market and maybe even have a rebirth of the 360 era, or do they still need something like ABK? What do you think of that? 
Because like, well, yeah, interesting. I suppose it, it it sort of stems from your question to Phil, where Phil was like, "I can't out console PlayStation, right?" But now I'm wondering if Phil's wrong. I don't think he's wrong. I in in that sense that I don't think Starfield alone is going to move that needle. I they would need years of consistency to move that needle. In my personal opinion, I and and just to to kind of stick on what what Phil said and and my opinion on it is, I agree with him because. That's not their strategy anymore. And I think that's what people are missing here. Their strategy is not to sell the most Xboxes. Their strategy is to get the most people into their ecosystem. <laughs> that's what they're doing. So they're saying, sure, we'll provide you a quality console you can put under your TV. But at the same time, we're also, and you heard Phil say it himself in, in that thing, they're now doing over a billion dollars dollars a year in business in PC market. And this whole cloud gaming stuff that they're doing. And now we got like this ROG ally where you can play natively on a handheld. They're bringing the games to where the people are versus trying to get the people to come to the console to play the games. That That's how I see it. So in that sense, the game plan isn't to outsell PlayStation. If if that happens, I'm sure they'll be they'll celebrate and be more than happy. But I think it's overall about, again, it's a business it's about making money. How much money can they make? Let's instead of catering to the same and I'm just a random number, but instead of catering to the same 200 million people over and over every generation, we already know there's a billion people out there that are also playing games on on smartphones and things like that. Let's try and get them to. And that's what they're doing. So I, I, I get that people, you know, again, going to Rand's point, there's the whole console warring aspect of this. Microsoft doesn't care about that anymore because there's way more other people out there that play games that they're trying to attract. And not to mention, this is why a subscription service like Game Pass exists, because that can be enticing to people that are more casual as far as gaming. So, oh, I only got to spend 10 bucks a month and I get all these games. That's great. Let me sign up. But but you got to have the games to go with it. And that's kind of where we are now. So I think Starfield seems to be the start of that. And going back to something Phil had even said again during the interview, he was like, I can see it. And Matt Booty said that too. They can see it. Well, obviously they know. They can see the the long-term roadmap of games that they have coming. And if these games land quality, polished, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 type of games their plan's working that that it's simple as that and i think what was it do they need abk no i'm i'm the wrong person to ask about this whole activision thing because i hate talking about it i hate talking about it I, did you see some of the stuff that just kind of went up on twitter today recently no, about it jim ryan's no. gonna have to uh testify uh <laughs> I, I, i've oh, seen wow. some of this stuff uh uh, on Twitter uh, uh, while while we're doing the show, so but yeah, the ABK stuff, it's like oh, you know, just just let it end either yeah. for or I, against. Like, yeah, and that know. and that's where I am, and I think what Phil had even said this ABK accelerates their vision versus oh my god, we're closing Xbox if we don't get them kind of yeah. thing. So I, I'm of I, I'm of the point, and I get it because I think the other just talking about the Activision thing. The, the component that people are, are missing in this is mobile. It's king. That's the big prize in all of this for them, in my personal opinion. It's not Call of Duty. Sure, Call of Duty's great. They get that, Diablo, all that stuff. But it's grabbing that mobile market and them establishing their own Windows mobile store where they can have things. That's how you grab those other billion people, like my wife. My wife, my wife is not playing no Xbox games, but she sure <laughs> as hell plays on her smartphone every night. 
So if you can make content to grab her, there you go. Yeah, I was um I saw uh Derek from uh, Tweaktown just put up a thread about the current breakdown of revenue in the gaming industry in the United States, and I think it was a good seventy percent comes from casual the casual section, which includes games like Candy Crush. So. And I mm-hmm. think it was much, much smaller percent on core games. So that's kind of speaks to your point. Yeah. Um, but you to, know what? Oh. You know, well, no, we, 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 you know, we, an hour and a half with Paris is, you know, so I figured this would be a good time to end because ah, we got five minutes left and, and I wanted to get Paris out of here. So he wants to come back sometime in the future, potentially. <laughs> um, there, are few, there are quite a few more questions. Yeah, it, I saw him. It's just like, yeah, we, we just don't have the time for it. Uh, one question before we, we get you out of here. I see you always say this every single showcase. We ever gonna get a banjo, a new banjo, a remake of a banjo? So, oh, that was this, that was Lee, that was Lee question anyway. Yeah. Was it, you, you think that's gonna happen at some point, Paris? How, and if so, how confident do you think it will? So, 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 two, so two things on that. First one, I was told directly, and I go, "You're you're not serious." He was like, "No, I'm a hundred percent serious." I was told that my name has come up internally at Ooh. Xbox about Banjo and when are we delivering Banjo? That was said internally to make wow. me happy as it, you know, they're all joking about it. But the <laughs> fact that that's even said internally blows my mind. Hilarious. Second thing. I'm at the point now. The 25th anniversary is in October. If there is not an announcement just an announcement. I'm not saying you you got to, oh, it's coming this day. Just announcing, we're working on a banjo game. I tap out. I'm done. I'm done. I give up. You win. I give up. I give up. I, I have no more hope that we're ever getting a banjo game again. Because if you are ever going to announce it, that's it. That That's literally it. The 25th anniversary. If they're not announcing something on the 25th anniversary, then they're, they're never doing it. I give up. The, the 25th anniversary would be this year? Yeah, October. Ooh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's Gamescom and there is, I mean, Tokyo. I mean, yeah, I don't know. And I have to say this too, because this, this one hurt my soul. So again, I told you, I was talking to Pete Hines at that mixer thing. So we're talking, he was, he asked me, he goes, Oh, you know, what's something, what's something that you, surprise announcement you, you would love to see. I would go banjo. And he looked at me <laughs> and he smirked and he took a drink. Oh, and I geez. read way too far into that. I go, why is he smirking? What is this? Is he trying to tell me something subliminally? Oh my God, is this going to happen? And then obviously nothing happened. So I give up. I give up. Yeah. I give up if it doesn't happen in October. I completely give up. <laughs> well, and on that note, uh, I want to thank you for coming on, Paris. <laughs> I love how we end on that. <laughs> an hour and 30 minutes with you. We're going to end on the whole banjo thing. Uh, but let people know uh, where they can, you know, follow you and what you got going on since you're X-Cast and Gamertag Radio and you're interviewing the big Todd Howard tomorrow. So um, I, let me say this before I say where you can find me. You speak specifically on X-Cast and you, you talk about Gamertag Radio. First and foremost, nothing but love to Danny Pena. I am not here doing any of this without Danny Pena way back in 2006 answering my email about, hey, how do you podcast? That's why I'm here. It's because of him. That's my brother. He's my family. I love him to death. We will be doing this until the ends of time. We'll, you do Xbox 2, we'll do Xbox 3 or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, well, we're going to have Danny on at some point. Yeah, yes, you got to sure. get Danny on. Got to get Danny on. 
But I also have to say to my other family over at Kind of Funny, and more specifically the X-Cast with Snowbike Mike and Gary Witta and even Alana Pierce. Not on X-Cast if it was not for Alana Pierce. She's the one that mm-hmm. said, you got to go get Paris to be on. Um, I I love them to death. It's just It's just been an amazing ride that we've had since the beginning of 2021 and just how much Mike has grown as a host. He's, and I, I say it all the time now, but it's true. He He's is brilliant. one of the best in the business. Yes, absolutely. And Gary is always the wild card, but in a great way. I, Cause I have no idea what the hell Gary's going to say. Like this Todd Howard <laughs> interview, I have no idea what Gary's going to say. And I love it. And I love it. I love that, that I'm going to Gary is, bring up fishing. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he will. He will absolutely do it if you ask him. But I, I'm just so thankful and lucky to be working um, with with all these people and just to support and just everything that has happened over the past few years. But to answer your question, where you can find me on social media, I'm at Vicious696 on Twitter, everywhere. Um, and like I said, I'm on Gamertag Radio and I'm on Kind of Funny on the XCast. Yes. So thank you guys. Uh, we need to get Paris out of here. He's got a lot of things he needs to do. Very popular person. Uh, thank you so much for being on Paris. And uh, thank you guys for being here. We'll be back on what Friday for Xbox two jazz with who knows what, what else we're going to be talking about, but mm-hmm. look forward to that. And I probably might have a couple videos this week. I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth on, but yeah, until then, love you guys. Thank you. And we'll see you uh, next time. Take Later. care everybody.